All right, everybody, welcome into episode three or four or something like that of the Corporate Global Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hawes. And I'm your host, William Spicer. And lady and gentlemen, football is back. Woo! Week one is in the books. It kind of felt like a fever dream for me, Spice. I'm interested to hear about it for you. But on uh, Sunday, I was sitting on my couch taking advantage of the free preview of NFL Red Zone, and it, I, I, I couldn't believe that it was real. It, it, it really felt like it was a dream. Yeah, and, and let me tell you, this is going to sound almost insane, but it was almost like an overload of, of joy. Like, like, it was like, because especially experiencing Red Zone for the first time, like where you never watch a commercial, you just you're just constantly pelted with football. It was almost like an intent, like being blasted in the chest with happiness to the point of like I don't know if I can take this all in. Yeah, no, I agree. I I guess I never knew or realized that Red Zone didn't have commercials, and I I didn't actually realize it while watching it until it was honestly probably towards when all the games went to halftime and they started kind of slowing down the nonstop action when they said it on the television. And I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't watched a commercial in like two hours. Like this might be the greatest day of my life. Um, so I'm definitely not going to pay for Red Zone because one, it's expensive, but two, I think I would probably get divorced. Um, and my wife would leave me if I sat on the couch that often. Because normally you can get up and walk around and like do things during commercials, but I was glued to the couch all day. Yeah, I've never been so melted. I don't think the NFL understands how powerful of a tool they have for if Red Zone was free. Like, I don't... Yeah. Or, or, like, fi- listen to me, NFL. That just needs to be your entire brand. It's like you either go to the game or you only get Red Zone. And if you happen to catch your team's game, if you want to make sure people go to the stands but also pay for your package, like, no commercials, just, just Red Zone. Other yeah. than the premier games. Yeah, I'm all for it. It... I really don't think my heart could handle it every week, especially as a fantasy player, uh, which is why we're even talking about this. But I, I don't think I could handle it because it was just like every five seconds, oh, <laughs> crap, that's a guy on my team, he just scored. Or that's a guy I'm playing against, he just scored. Um, it was really, really incredible. Um, I am very happy that uh, the first game was Chiefs-Texans. The game wasn't exciting, but getting to see uh, those two quarterbacks play right away and... My boy, Clyde Edwards-Alaire on opening night. Oh my gosh, I was so pumped. Yeah, and uh, dude, that dude is small. If there's one thing that everyone can definitely say, it's like, bro, he will not be a goal lineback. So yeah. whoever whoever the big boy is behind him for his whole career is going to be like, he's just going to be gobbling up touchdowns. Because I don't think that Clyde will be in there very much in his career. Yeah, unfortunately, I I think you're right on that. That was the one chink in his armor that I noticed uh, was that he's, I didn't realize he was that small. I mean, I watched some LSU, but I I don't know. It just didn't register to me until he was out there, I guess, with all of the big boys, uh, which truly was crazy. Um, Well, I did ride him to a first week victory. so did you as or you didn't write him but you also won your 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 matchup <laughs> yeah so we, we actually shared that player it's this cool uh, glitch yeah there was a cool glitch um <laughs> but uh you had the narrowest victory of the week how did that feel 
felt fine. Honestly, going in with my last two players, I actually thought that that was a very strong po- like possibility. Like, that it was going to end up being close, even though it was only down five, with James Conner and Eric Ebron to play. So... Yeah, I don't remember the percentage chance, but I would imagine with both of those guys, with the small deficit that you had, it was probably like 99% that you would win. And then Connor gets hurt, and Ebron has like literal holes in his hands. Like, I don't think he's he actually like can catch a football. And I can say that confidently after having watched him play in Indianapolis. He looks good on stats because he can catch touchdowns. But other than that, don't try throwing that guy the ball. He's terrible. But um, he's your starting tight end, so I guess I shouldn't be too mean. Hey, he took me to a victory also. And no, it was at 100% actually the whole time because James Conner caught a reception early on for like uh, six yards, and then he had those couple rushes before he got hurt. So they, he had by the time he was injured, it was actually for the best because he couldn't fumble me out of the win. That's nice. <laughs> I know that sounds terrible, but like I was kind of like, well, that's kind of not awful for me. So, yeah. But I rode Josh Jacobs. Hard. Yeah, man, that guy... He is incredible. I I watched a little bit of the Raiders game as it you know popped up in red zone, and uh, man, he's good at football. Um, so yeah, Colton goes down week one. Uh, Noah goes down in my matchup. Uh, really, the only noteworthy things in mine were again, uh, Clyde did great in his rookie debut. Uh, we're going to talk later in the show about a potential trade that almost happened with him prior to kickoff. Yeah, we have a lot of drama on this show. There's we been do a lot, have a lot of happening. drama, and it is going to yeah. be coming up soon. Um, and I, I'm really thankful I got a got a win here in general. Thankfully, no, all of Noah's flex players, both of, both of our flex players, just did collectively horrible. Uh, so we kind of stayed pace with each other throughout the uh, the week. But the difference was just at quarterback, uh, Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan playing each other. That game was like so great for me because they just kept running up the score both of them scoring uh like almost 25 points each so i'm very grateful for that and jared goff i think single-handed me single-handedly handed me that that victory so i'll take that um any surprise victories looks like most of the teams we would have expected to win one in the first week i think if you looked at our rankings maybe except for me being low on katie but she did play rob who we had towards the bottom uh preseason but it looks like kind of the top teams all won yeah i would say that i would also say though i think katie's team also this is like the power of like she is going for it right now and she just like i'm looking at her lineup and it's like everyone on her team is like oh they're probably gonna score that every week like she didn't have, like, any, like, one player who was, like, popped off for 35, you know? Yeah, that's – actually, that's a great point. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, but, like, he literally might do that for most of the season. Like, <laughs> Yeah, 29 points is a lot, but you're right for – I mean, he got 14 catches. That's insane. Uh, yeah, so but, maybe half of that. But so. he didn't score a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> so it could have been worse. Um, but, yeah, it – I know she took a really big risk taking Cam Newton, um, and so far it paid off. And we'll talk about this later, but now she has another quarterback uh, that uh, is not as good. So (laughs) the risk has been increased on her team, um, but we'll we'll talk about that. Um, Poor Rob. I feel bad for him and his luck. He's got some bad injuries and just all kinds of mess there. Uh, (laughs) Oh, poor Oh, Any, I mean, he got Kittles hurt. Uh, the 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 silver lining is, and Rob, if you're listening, 
Jonathan Taylor is now locked in. Like Marlon Max out for the year. Yeah. Get that out of the way. Jonathan Taylor, I think, is going to be finished the season in the top ten. Uh, also, take this. Uh, out of all, I mean, <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky is <laughs> is is, uh, is something to be considered a professional quarterback in the NFL. Is unbelievable. But in terms of fantasy, he scored you a, like a good. Like he had a great week, and so did Josh Out. Like your quarterbacks, who I thought were going to be your weak point, did perfectly fine. Yeah, they. I mean, look at the on the other side. You've got Big Ben, future Hall of Famer, and Cam Newton, maybe Hall of Famer if he makes it work in New England. And Rob's <laughs> quarterbacks outscored him, and that's with Josh Allen and Trubisky. So that's crazy. That's something right there. Uh, crazy. Quiet-ish game from Tyree Kill too. Nikhil Harry didn't do anything, and Kittle was hurt. So yeah, Rob, if uh, those quarterbacks can keep playing well, uh, also watch out. Th- crazy that he has he like playing three tight ends is like a real thing for him to consider oh absolutely especially with the premium yeah. uh i think that's a very very strong uh yeah. strategy for him Ertz and kittle i think both have to be started every week um and maybe doyle or uzuma uh one of those guys can slip in there um so i know one thing i wanted to point out both of us picked wyatt in the preseason as our I believe our number one team for the season and for the dynasty outlook. Did we do it that way? I can't remember. Um, I think we did, or at least we talked about it. Either way, um, we both thought he'd be the top team. He did pull out a win first week, uh, but he wasn't, you know, the top scorer. Uh, what did you think about his team specifically? Well, you know, the the scary thing is that OBJ had, like, one of his worst games in probably his career this weekend. And so, like, you know, he, like, if, if OBJ figures it out, which I think he will, that's pretty scary. His, why, the only thing is the, the running back situation. Like, Kareem Hunt, I still don't see him, like, really popping off. He does have Hines. I don't know if maybe he considers playing him. But, like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the running back situation ends up being something for him. Yeah, I think... And I, th- I think I said this on one of the shows, or at least I've been thinking this way about his team, is that what he did was he took Chris Carson and then he took a ton of lottery tickets at running back with Daryl Hender- Henderson, Ronald Jones. Uh, Hines has now paid off. Even I don't know if he planned on it, on that happening. Uh, Kelly on the Chargers. And then uh, Kareem Hunt was a pretty big question mark. And so he really just needs one of these guys to be solid every week, and then the other one, you know, somebody else to throw in. And if that happens, he's going to be really scary um, because, his, like you said, receivers are are really good. And, of course, he does have the greatest quarterback of all time and the future maybe greatest quarterback of all time. So I'm terrified of Wyatt's team. Um, let's see, any matchups we haven't really talked about uh ryan versus aaron yeah uh was that the biggest deficit the biggest blowout of the week if not it was close no i guess that was katie but uh i feel like aaron dominated this one from the start having uh deshaun watson and david johnson both do really well was huge uh what did you think about david johnson and Gurley as kind of the risky running back picks for him seeming to maybe work out uh, yeah, I think that 
maybe those are both players who who they do just pay out. Like, you know, he sat he sat back and took the risk of like taking them later, right? Like, uh, Todd Gurley is the one who I think is probably like like just looking at his stats. He's if if he didn't have the touchdown, he would have had a tough week. Right, like yeah, that's true. The, uh, Matt Ryan also had to throw the ball like a hundred times in that yeah. game, so I think but, in the future he'll get a more regular load. I don't know. I don't think Atlanta's defense is going to stop anyone all season. Like yeah, it it was rough. Uh, great for me. Uh, hashtag let Russ cook. It's been going around <laughs> the internet, uh, so I, I'll probably need to adopt that as a team slogan. Um, but yeah, you're right. May, I mean, I think the thing with the Falcons is I think they'll always be good enough to give Gurley chances to score touchdowns, just like he did in uh, Los Angeles a lot. He scored touchdowns all the time. Um, But, I mean, he took David Johnson, I'm looking right now, in the eighth round of the draft. And that first game, he looked really good. Um, Like, not just on, like, stats, but, like, he made several cuts in that game where I was like, oh, shoot, like, David Johnson is not injured. Mm Mm-hmm. Scary stuff. Um, Ryan, I uh, you had a tough break with uh, Kenny Galladay being out, losing Marlon Mack. You you can bounce back. Uh, yeah. Just get Flukey some running week. back. Get some running back play. Uh, you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Fluky week. And you still have Tua. Just wait. Yeah. Uh, not stressed there. Um, well, I, that's most of the lineups. Anything else uh, stick out to you about our games week one before we move on? No, I don't think so. All right. Well, congrats to Katie for finishing the the week in first place uh, after I believe I picked you to be in last place. So uh, I'll eat that all day. Um, We'll see where we are in five years, but um, (laughs) congratulations. Uh, I believe next we have a a little break in the show to talk about... uh, A little humor, a little comedy. A little comedy, yeah. So you guys may have seen in, in Slack, if you're in our Slack, that I mentioned I'm running a fantasy team for Marianne's coworker, which is really bizarre. It's not even for Marianne. Um, I was asked to do this for a friend. It's a 16-team league, <laughs> and it is this the worst league I've ever seen in my life. The, the settings are truly mind-boggling. You get three points for missing a field goal. I just, it's incredible especially because my my kicker is Steven Gostkowski. So uh, he scored 14 points on Monday Night Football. Gostkowski, best kicker in the league. He just has the most attempts. I was so excited about that. Uh, It was like the best thing for me because I was rooting for the Titans to lose because I had money on the Broncos, and I was getting fantasy points for every single one of those kicks. Um, But the real travesty is I ended up losing that game by one point, and the score because of all the ridiculous rules, was 268 to 267. <laughs> like, I can't even fathom that. And, Tell us the top scores. Oh, yeah, let me pull that up. The, the, the other reason why I'm salty is because I lost solely because um, I had A.J. Green, or I keep calling him A.J. Green. I had A.J. Brown, and the other guy had Derrick Henry. And so Derrick Henry scored 48 points in that league, even though he had a very average night, but because he got fed the ball, like, what, 31 times? Does that sound right? Probably. Goodness gracious. So, yeah, I'm a little salty about that. 
especially because A.J. Brown dropped the game-winning touchdown. Or he didn't really drop it. It wasn't the greatest throw, but either way, that could have won me the thing. So let's take a look at the <laughs> the highest yeah. scores in this league from week one. Um, the highest score is 290 points, <laughs> 290 and 64 for, with some change. Uh, then after that, we've got 268, 265, several in the 250s. Uh, the 240s, uh, the lowest score was 118. So that team did horrible. Uh, oh, gosh. Let's they see pra- who they have. They practically barely got on the field. They they started Cam Newton, uh, who did fine, but they also started... What's fine? About, what's fine? 115, 120 points? 89. Right? 89 points from Cam okay. Newton. <laughs> okay. But they were playing against Russell uh-huh. Wilson, who scored 134 points. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough. That's tough. You yeah, know, it's hard to overcome that deficit at the quarterback. Position. You know, Cam <laughs> Russell Wilson was fifty percent better than Cam Newton for sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, Ronald Jones scored twenty-seven points somehow, um, and then their poor tight end only got two point nine points. Evan Ingram. So I guess that's that's why they did so bad. Dude, someone needs to screenshot that and tweet that at Evan Ingram because that's the most embarrassing thing. Be like, bro, look at this league. You scored two <laughs> points, dude. You're an embarrassment. Oh my gosh, I just the whole thing with the one point per pass attempt and two points per pass completion, meaning if you throw the ball. One yard, you get three points for it. I, I just don't even know. My brain doesn't know what to do with that. And the worst part was I did not know those were the the rules when I was drafting. I because why would I even think about that? And it's on it's on NFLFantasy.com. It is the worst website I've ever been on. It's straight out of like 2006 with the waiver ads and oh, I just hate it so much. It's painful. Well. Well, tell, tell us how much defense scored. Yeah, I'm pulling up the defenses right now. Uh, well, surprisingly, the top defense was the Washington football team. <laughs> the, well, I call, I'm calling them the Washington footballers. <laughs> With 15 points. So the points, I mean, that's that's a really high, like that's a pretty high defensive score, I guess. Um, they got eight sacks, so that there must be where the points are coming from. Um, but I mean, yeah, they won that game, right? I can't remember. I think they won. Yeah, they beat the Eagles. So maybe the, the defense might be the one thing that's a little normal. Um, okay. The kickers were crazy. Uh, Goskowski <laughs> was the second highest scoring kicker, and he had maybe one of the worst performances in kicking history. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, we witnessed one of the most embarrassing things in mile high that a kicker has ever done. Normally in mile high, kickers are known for doing the incredible, the miraculous but then he did that, that the other way. That nice, nice air to kick through. Um, but at, to close, I'll give you the two highest scoring quarterbacks were Matt Ryan with 157 points <laughs> oh and Josh Allen with 156 points. Because Josh, Josh Allen, Allen, he got 14 points for 14 scrambles. Oh my goodness. So... Yeah, how about that? That is crazy. So, with that, I think it's time we get to the meat of the episode. Yeah, let's go into trades. We need some, like, big big news sound. All right, so, you do you want to 
I'm involved in two of these trades. I don't want to dominate the conversation. So will you take point in just asking the questions and like discussing with me so I don't talk too much? Yeah, let me pull up my let me pull up my spreadsheet of uh, of trades real quick because that's gonna be where it it starts. What a big what a big weekend! Everyone coming off the first weekend being like, I gotta change some stuff. Okay, well let's start here. Let's talk about the the rumor before the Thursday night game, the the almost Oof. trade. So here I am sitting at work about to leave for the day, been chomping at the bit to get home just so I can get ready for Thursday Night Football. When all of a sudden, I get a notification on my phone from says, no, Moyers has proposed a trade to you. And the trade was me giving away Saquon Barkley, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Stefan Diggs, and a first-round pick. So before I tell you who's on the other side, when that... Like, my eyes always go to that side first for whatever reason. And so I was, like, offended. Like, what? Is, what? Why would he even try this? Like, this doesn't even make any sense. There's no, no possible, there's no world in which I would do this, any type of trade. Until I look to the other side and I see Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, DK Metcalf, and I think it was a second round pick. Yeah. And my brain almost exploded. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's insane for <laughs> for many reasons. Like I wanted, I well, and I ended up doing it. But I I wanted to believe in Clyde Edwards-Helaire being like, you know, it's the Chiefs. Like you, a running back on the Chiefs. That's good. That sounds incredible, right? But I was also like, what if he's just a bust? And then like I just gave up Saquon Barkley. And what really did it for me was. I put it in my trade calculator that I always talk about. Mm-hmm. And in that calculator, one of the helpful things that it does is on the line with the player, it shows their age. And I saw like Saquon's age and Clyde's age at like 23 and 22. And then Dalvin and Ezekiel's was like 26 and 26 or something like that. And I was just like, oh, that's a big difference in running backs. Mm-hmm. Like, that's crazy. I do love DK Metcalf though. Like, I've been, I have sent Noah an obnoxious amount of trades for DK Metcalf. Um, And so I was like, hmm, maybe it's worth it for upgrading. So then I countered and I took off Saquon and I took off Ezekiel Elliott. And I was like, maybe I'll just give him Clyde and a first and Diggs and go after DK and Dalvin Cook. And he countered back and we went back and forth several times and we were also messaging each other on slack and both of us were like like my heart rate is up i can't breathe and both of us i think wanted to push the button to accept one of those offers so badly because it was all the way up until like 6:58 or like 7 p.m like right before kickoff because i think we were so pumped for football to come back it was like oh this will make this game even better and then i was i finally came to my senses and i was like wait a second if clyde edwards alaire comes out here and is amazing like then this i lose nothing by waiting on this and if he comes out and does bad then i can just blame it on there being no like preseason for a rookie during covid yeah or yeah or <clears throat> what i was thinking you were gonna do is you were literally just gonna say okay Noah sent this trade. I'm just going to hold. 
Like, I have nothing to lose by just sitting on it until I watch him play. I well, can at least get I, I one was, game. I was going to do that, and then Noah sent me a message and was like, you have until kickoff to decide, oh, Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to withdraw it. And I that was when I started, like, panicking. I was like, I don't know if I can do that. Um, he said, let me see. We were. I'm trying to think if there was a... Yeah, Noah at six fifty nine. We this was still in the in the heat of the talk. Noah said the dopamine is too much to hand is too much to handle. <laughs> I said at seven oh three. It was the last time I guess I rejected it. I said, trust me, I wanted the high so bad. <laughs> so we were close to having a a blockbuster, but uh, unfortunately, it was just blue balls. That's all right. We we had the release later. That's true. Uh, I don't think Malcolm Brown and Jarvis Landry is quite the release that everyone was expecting, but. Uh, it was the first trade uh, post games. So, what did yeah. you think about it as an outsider? Uh, uh, so, as an outsider, number one, love the trade in terms of like just big enough to get the ball rolling. Like it's like it's like when you watch American Pickers and they they buy some like little trinket, kind of, and it's it just trying to break the ice, get get the get the feeling of like exchange happening, and that's kind of how I felt about it. But I do think I like what it does for Brady more than what it does for you. I don't think it's necessarily, like, mismatch. More so that, like, the help Brady gets having Malcolm Brown is significantly more than the help you get having Jarvis Landry. Based yeah. on your teams. I think that's probably true. And uh, we'll talk about this later. But I'm having a hard time staying positive today with these trades that I made. <laughs> and... uh the second one worse than this one, but without burying the lead, I Bell Le'Veon Bell was my third running back, and he got placed on IR today, very shortly after I traded oh. Malcolm Brown. And I didn't talk about that on Slack because I knew we would talk about it here. But like, that's not good yeah, because not. now I just have two running backs that are worth a poop, and I don't know what to do because I traded for Bell for that depth and then Calvin Ridley went off in my face and then I had Malcolm Brown I was like okay well he can be a good starter for a few weeks before he loses the job but I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and cash him out for Jarvis Landry boom bell on the IR so it's just a rough day for the Gotham Knights that is that is quite brutal um but I do I've thought about Brady's trade with Katie a lot more. So Brady traded Aaron, no, Brady traded Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, and my 2021 first round pick for Aaron Rodgers. And at first, I was like, oh, I like Katie's side of this. And I actually think that this is a win win. Uh, I think both of these teams are better because of this, with a big old asterisk of if Brady's quarterbacks stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think Brady's just going to have quarterback issues. Like, he needed Aaron Rodgers so that, like, if he has quarterback issues, he can play the lineup he did today instead of having to have the lineup he played today be his starters, or, like, this week. Like, the fact that he has, like, settled-in starter with Aaron Rodgers is so nice. I think really the thing to me was, like, I think just having to add the first-round pick hurt. That's really the only thing. Yeah. If I'm Brady, like... But the pick might not be anything. So that's true. I think the with everything with COVID and the uh, college football season right now, like no one knows what's gonna 
happen and the next year's draft might be really strange like there might be people that should have been taken higher that will end up like falling in the draft because they didn't get a chance to showcase themselves or whatever um so i don't really know if that devalues first round picks at all or if it increases the value of later round picks we don't know but um i since that is my first round pick i would hope that it's going to be you know bottom three or so like but it's still a top 10 player for katie um and i think the biggest knock we always had on her was that her team was old and she just got younger two young quarterbacks and a top 10 rookie so yeah i can see it for her i the only part that was weird to me is like I do think her team is built to win right now, and I I just hate Derek Carr. <laughs> I think he's really yeah. bad at football. You know that's fine, but and the, uh, he has so many weapons around him. He he's, does. He's he he to me is the is the same thing as Bridgewater. Like you 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 can just dump the ball off to Josh Jacobs all game, literally, and that can be twenty five percent of your off it like passing production yeah i guess that's fair i think he kind of did that this week and he only scored 13 points so yeah i mean if you're okay with that for getting the potential that herbert is good like that's fine Uh, also rugs went down and he was looking good until he got hurt yeah so there's a theme if you haven't noticed yet in our league where if i traded you a receiver they're going to be really good and whatever player I get back will be injured. So I don't have many receivers left to trade, but if you guys need someone to get better, just let me know. <laughs> because I traded uh, rugs to Brady. So You heard it here. Hunter is the chancy of, of our corporate global league. You just send him your Pokemon, he heals him up. Take, takes on the injured ones, you trade them back and forth. Yeah, I, I, that's pretty much my role in this league, hopefully. I just, I'm trying to get you guys all to like Dynasty, so I'm, I'm giving you the players that will help your team uh, as a service. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, Brady, I'm a little nervous about you because now you only have Tyrod Taylor, Tannehill, and Aaron Rodgers. And, I mean, Tannehill should be able to start the whole season, but Tyrod Taylor is going to get benched pretty soon. So, good luck. Um, should we we get to the big one, the yeah. big the big sad one? Ooh. Like, all right. So here, I'll 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 just say the trade out loud. So today, five hours ago, in the year of our Lord twenty twenty, September fifteenth, at about. 4.15 p.m., um, Michael Thomas was traded to, to Hunter's team, um, and Brady, in return, received uh, Amari Cooper, as well as a 2021 first, a 2021 second, and a 2021 third. And then, after doing a quick Google... At about, it seems like the news broke somewhere around uh, 5 p.m., maybe 45 minutes later, 30, 45 minutes later, that uh, uh, he, Michael Thomas has suffered a high ankle injury and is expected to be out for a, a few weeks with that sprain. So, it's tough. It is tough. Like, I mean, 
Come on. That's just, it's stupid. Like, I had a plan, and my plan was to just go really top-heavy and make my starting lineup, like, impeccable and probably not have a great bench and not have many draft picks, be competitive for, like, two or three years, and then blow it all up and, like, rebuild it. That was my plan. I'm putting it out there. That was what Hunter was trying to do. And will that can that still happen? Absolutely. If Michael Thomas comes back, like, week six or seven or like when's their bye week like maybe can we can we try something with that let me look at this where are you where is he it's the it's the fifth week they have the fifth week bye okay so he probably won't come back week six but let's say he comes back week Week six week seven we'll give him week seven all right, that's fine. I can live with that. I can start Evans, Diggs, and Landry. And my my quarterbacks and my running backs are good enough. But the thing is, like, I have no room for error because I don't have Bell anymore and because Carrion Johnson got replaced in the draft and because Matt Breida didn't even play. Like, I just have no options. So it's going to be fine. But the thing is, I was like, okay, I'm about to have the number one receiver Debatably the number one running back, Saquon or McCaffrey, change him out. And then Clyde Edwards Alaire, who is up there. Like I got this in the bag. Like I'm gonna win the championship. And maybe I will. I don't know. But I'm just saying I was really, really sad because I was so happy. Like I don't think I like fleeced Brady in that trade by any means. Uh like I think it was fair. But I was so pumped about getting Michael Thomas. Like, I went into my boss's office before I walked out the door and was like, hey, I know you don't know anything about fantasy football, but, like, I just have to tell someone, like, I'm so pumped about this trade I just pulled off. Oh, no. <laughs> and then I walked out the door, and then I went, and I was standing next to Marianne when I got the notification. And, like, it was one of those things where, like, I read it, and, like, out loud I just was like, what? And she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I, I can't even tell you because you're not going to understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, I was so mad. And like, I'm probably overreacting, but I'm just, I need to stop trading. I think that's the, the answer here. Like, everyone's afraid to trade with me, but look what happens. The proof yeah, is I, in the pudding. I was going to say, this is an interesting thing because somehow I, I sold you upriver without a paddle. It, like settlers of Catan, when you get everyone to like turn, you just say like, "Oh, this player always wins," and everyone <laughs> believes you. And so right yeah. from the start, you're like, "Well, I'm not going to be able to do anything, so I'm on my own. I better get lucky on these dice rolls because I'm getting themed every time." Like, yes, uh, I feel like that's how I, you've been set up. That's this a league. perfect analogy. That's how I feel, and I feel like Brady has been willing to trade with me, and then both the trades I've done with Brady, I don't feel great about. Like, sending rugs away may have been a mistake. And I got Juju it back, and I actually loved the trade at the time. And then I just woke up one morning at 6 a.m. and sent Katie a blind trade offer for Stefan Diggs, and she took it, uh, Stefan Diggs. And I, whatever, he did great. Maybe he'll be fine with Josh Allen, but I'm just, I'm just sad. Yeah. And I won my first game, and I just need to stop being a baby. But I'm, I have to be able to pout somewhere, and I'm pouting right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean. I get. It. I mean, I thought I was gonna be set at running back, but like James Conner already going down. Like, yeah, my boy Benny Snell looked pretty good coming in. From, yeah, from the, him too. 
the only thing I thought was like, oh, that fumble. Yeah, that was Pittsburgh. that wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> Kudos to Juju for diving on that fumble too. That was like they harked okay. on it on the on the. Um, uh, yeah, let's thing. talk about this for a second. <laughs> like they were like, oh, Juju is like a great kid, but look at the way he he waited for that fumble and dove in there and hung on. This is why he's amazing. And I was like, yeah, like. I think that's just what he's supposed to do, but it was impressive. Like there was like five dudes on top of him, and he's little. And like I, I was impressed. Yeah. Okay. So what they were saying is something along the lines of like, Juju Smith Schuster has fifteen eyeballs and can see everything. <laughs> like he's always knowing exactly what's oh, happening. Yeah. I'm, and I'm like, guys, have you never seen like when you're walking and your hands are full with tennis balls and you drop them and the dog dives on it? They're, that dog is not like just waiting like oh, yeah. eyes in the back of its head it's just instinctual they like, gave him way more credit <laughs> yeah than he he's like, like everyone jumps on that ball yeah. every athlete in the world jumps on that football yeah one of them said something like look at the awareness for him to follow behind his his running back just in case he fumbles it what that is not why he was running behind him he was no. running behind him because he was blocking and he just happened to be there yeah i thought that was silly also can, <laughs> like what is the deal with espn like why can't we just get a good Monday night football crew? Like that's supposed to be the like penultimate part of the week of football. And like, I thought I liked Steve Levy and I, it turns out I sure don't. <laughs> and the fact that they put Kirk Herbstreet and uh other dude, I always forget his name, but the, the college football guys first, just to like mess with us. was really cruel. Like it's time. Those guys got to come up to the NFL. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, also, let's, the, this Monday night game is different, though, because it's that super late, like, 9.20 start, like. Yeah, I mean, I it was rough. I am very sad that I stayed up for it. Um, I mean, it, I'm glad I won my fantasy game with Noah Fant, but I ended up basically, like, splitting, like, I made a little bit of money, but not nearly as much as I would have if uh, the Broncos would have won outright. Um one thing I don't want to end this podcast uh, before saying, uh, or I don't want to end the pod- end the podcast without saying this, uh, and I want I feel like you will appreciate this take. So I was thinking about the Titans, and okay. everyone knows that I am a Titans hater and a Titans fan, um, and it's a complicated relationship because <laughs> yeah, I genuinely tough. kind of want to be a Titans fan, but I I can't do it and it's a deep-seated thing that goes back to like childhood i had just i always made fun of this kid at my school for being a titans fan so anyways all that to say i think i have pegged the titans and bear with me the Mm -hmm. titans are the houston rockets of the nfl and here's what i mean so the rockets in and if you don't know anything about the nba this may mean nothing to you i know you do spicer but especially because the rockets kind of like got known for using data as like and analytics as the way they like decided how to play and then they got really good uh and it was like new and different and like james harden was shooting all these they were just shooting at an insane amount of threes and like harden was doing all these crazy things and like he he found out how to work the refs to where he can do his stupid little pump fake step up thing and get fouled every time and it's it is horrid to watch it like if anyone listening to this watches the nba you know what i'm talking about like watching james harden play basketball is so infuriating it is so boring 
and it is so stupid. But it works, kind of. It didn't work this year as much as it has in the past, but the bubble is weird. Now, the, the reason that I can I draw the line to the Titans is it, they are very, very boring to watch. And it's and like you guys are fans, so maybe it doesn't work as much for you, or it, it maybe it's not as boring for you. It's just like adrenaline or whatever. But they're super boring. Derrick Henry might give you one interesting play, like a game where he runs for eighty yards, and you're like, "Whoa, that's awesome!" But that's it, because the other times he's running for like three or four yards, and it's it's moving the football, but it is exhausting. But then they just start doing their little play action doing play action and they just do the same thing every time and it's like they figured out like oh if we just run the ball with Derrick Henry and then do play action like isn't this really creative and it works they won they almost went to the Super Bowl with the most like boring boring strategy I could ever imagine and I kind of love it so (laughs) I like it feels you know what it feels like it feels like if you made me be an NFL coach overnight and I'm not saying this as a diss to Vrabel but it's like okay, I have this really good running back. I'm going to run a lot with Derrick Henry. And then like, oh, it, that's working. Now I'm going to trick him. I'm going to do play action. Like, I remember when I discovered play action on Madden as a kid, and I thought it was like the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, I think, so I, I definitely I definitely think they're boring. But I also think that, um, so let me give you an, another example of like a boring team to watch, um, in my opinion is actually the the Patriots for the longest time were absolutely boring to watch to me. Like, I don't want to watch you throw, like, 15 to 20, uh, like, shallow crosses and in routes to Julian Edelman and Gronk and just pick up four or five yards for 35 minutes. Like, um, and so it's a similar thing to me. But another team is, like, when Russell Wilson isn't, like, running around and stuff, This I think the Seahawks can be really boring. And Chris Carson's the same type of back. Yeah, their offense is for sure. Like, when they used to be really good at defense, that was exciting. And when mm-hmm. their defense is bad and Russ is having to, like, be a superhero, then they are. But, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think, like, with the Titans, like, the thing is, like, they, the other thing I was going to draw a parallel is, like, it's working. It works until it doesn't. And what I mean by that is like there will be a game this year where they get behind early and like they'll probably just get blown out because like there's like I and I know there was a few games last year they got their way back in with Henry. But like you can't run play action if you are like losing and like they're just not going to fall for it. Yeah, well, this is that's always been our problem. But I, but I think that the the other thing to note is like definitely for the first time ever, like the like. I was sh- the thing that shocked me about the Titans this last game was that my prediction was that the Titans were going to be bad, not because of anything inherently wrong, but if we're going to see eight and nine in the box. They were going to double AJ Brown, and they're going to say someone else beat us. Like we're going to load the box and double AJ, figure out another way. And Corey Davis played a big game, yeah. and so that that was like my big thing this year is like if Corey Davis can be good enough to like chomp up defenses like that, like it's going to make it better in the long run. So I also think part of this, too, might have been like, okay, they're going to say Corey Davis beat us, and Corey Davis really was like a big reason we are in that game. Corey like, Davis and freaking, is it Adam Humphreys? Is that that guy's yeah. name? Like, he is the, I'm just going to keep pounding this Rockets analogy because it's all I have to work on. He's like Eric Gordon. Like, why is he still relevant, and how is he, like, helping this team win? But, like, he, that guy was there every time, and you knew he was going to catch the ball. Like, as soon as it threw and the camera moved and I saw his white arms extended. I was like, okay, well they got the first down. Like, 
Oh, like that is straight Belichick. Like Vrabel just got that straight from Belichick. Yeah, dude, the best thing about Vrabel is he's like the Belichick mindset, but yeah. without the personality nonsense. But like he's an awesome personality. Like that Massa said just yeah. give the ball to Derrick Henry. <laughs> I love it's that. like it's just like, dude. And you know I know why I thought that was such like a, a you know, a, a big dick energy move is that he literally is broadcasting to the opponent, like, here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm li- like I'm literally telling you and you can't like we're going to win. He's going to do impose his will upon you yeah and like <coughs> i there's a, a degree where i respect that for sure while also saying it is boring uh <laughs> oh and definitely so, you, you also know like i'm someone who will point out like dude did you just see taylor lewan pull all the way out there and make that block on the screen like i love watching blocks being thrown yeah it's like uh, so no i i uh i'm glad that you can appreciate that i uh i I love Vrabel. If he was the coach of like any other team, I mean, I I love him even though he's a Titans fan. I'm just saying, like, if he was the coach of another team, I would probably like adopt that team as my other favorite team. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, and it all started with the the uh, like fourth down, running the clock out, and like getting a delay of game like trick that he did last year against the Patriots. Like, I'm not sure I've ever been happier in my life. I don't think anyone. I think I think Mike Vrabel en- endured himself to entire NFL fandom in the moment that he like cat and mouse gamed Bill Belichick in a playoff. Like, what an unbelievable thing for you to be able to pull off. Yeah, that was one of my favorite uh, football moments of last year. Also, when Derrick Henry threw the touchdown, gotta love that. <laughs> Gosh, putting in Mariota like as like a sympathy <laughs> thing at the goal line. Like, oh, here you go, buddy. And he never did anything with it, but no. But he was definitely a deep. Oh, that was a great play. See, it's stuff like that though. That like that is where Mike Vrabel is like is like different. He will do like in some stuff like that, and we had never do anything like that before. Yeah, I guess without the long history of like the Titans fandom. Yeah, you, you don't know how boring it's it. been. Uh, so like maybe this is like Dude. super exciting in comparison. Think, no, well, I want you to think about who who are our exciting team. It's like Chris Johnson. Yeah, who's still running the ball? Like Eddie That's George, true. who's running the ball. Steve McNair has been like the last like playmaker type, or Vince Young maybe. Vince Young, yeah. Vince Young for one season. Yeah, but like, I mean, who's what's the last wide receiver you can name that has like been been really good? That's Ra- on the team right now. Randy Moss. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. Like, there isn't one really. Derek Mason. Derek Mason, yeah. And that's going back 20 years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, uh, man, the old Chris Johnson to Lindale White. Like, <laughs> no. Like, uh, lightning and thunder combo. Yeah. That was good stuff. Well, we're well, deep in it now. Um, yeah. We have definitely lost several of our listeners by now. So, if you made it to the end, uh, congratulations. Um, wow. I... Uh, I don't know. Is there anything else we should talk about before we end this? I don't think so. You know what I was going to do? I should have said this earlier, because if it ends up happening or something interesting comes to this conversation, then you're going to be sorry you turned off the podcast. But at some point during the season, we should try to start and complete a trade live on a podcast. I agree. I was actually thinking about doing it this podcast, but I'm too tired. Yeah, even if it... like. It doesn't have to be Josh Jacobs, like, crazy. Like, even if it's, like, my worst bench player for two fab dollars, like, I want us to figure out a way, like, to do it. So, okay, stay tuned, y'all.
Thanks for listening. See you next time.